Welcome to another episode of the Brand Builder Show. Today, we're going to be talking about marketing, specifically Facebook ads. It's a topic we haven't talked about loads on the podcast, especially in the last 12 months, because it has been a bit crazy out there in Facebook advertising world. So we brought on a couple of great guests to talk about that topic today. Eri and Rohan, welcome to the show today, guys. Thanks for coming on. Hey, Ben. Cheers, Ben. Thanks for having us. Uh, no, no, my, my pleasure. It's going to be, uh, yeah, like I say, an interesting co- topic of conversation because there's been, um, yeah, some changes to say the least in the last uh, year or two in the advertising space. So uh, I'm going to be very interested to hear what your thoughts are on uh, what success looks at like right now. Uh, before we dive into the detail of advertising on Facebook and, and your guys' expertise, why don't you tell us a little bit about your expertise? What is your kind of origin story? How did you get started where you're up to now um yeah give it give us a bit of background for everybody listening today um sure i'll go first and then eric can go after uh, origin story sounds a bit like a super villain but uh, i promise i i'm good. <laughs> <laughs> um so i've been in you know entrepreneurship as a whole probably for close to seven years now six seven years um i started off going down the traditional path college specialized i had a master in psychology and I thought I would go down, you know, like the, the traditional nine to five route. Um, I soon learned that that is not what I want to do. I don't like to be told what to do. I don't like that whole corporate environment and I needed a way out. So I started Googling frantically, looking on YouTube, how to make money online. And eventually I found a couple of videos about, you know, drop shipping. And I was like, okay, let me try this. Failed a few stores until one just takes off. And from there, you know, I just started to scale up, got enough um, you know, of a cushion financially to then realize, okay, I don't need a job ever again. Let me just, you know, continue with entrepreneurship. So yeah, like fast, fast forward five years or so, I scaled up some brands, exited some brands to VCs, and then, you know, just sitting on all this wealth of knowledge, pile of cash. I was like, okay, what can we do next? Um, met Ari in Bali. And um, yeah, we since then tried a few things, but Orange Trail was just something that we, you know, took off with. So that's our most recent venture. It's a, a year old. Um, but yeah, that's, that's, that's my story in, in a nutshell. Nice, yeah. And maybe Eric could share or, or you could both share in a sec a bit more about Orange Trail and, and what you guys do um, just to give us a bit more context. But, uh, but yeah, Eric, t- tell us your story as well, buddy. Sure. Sure. Uh, yeah. So let me qu- quickly tell my, my origin story and then we can share about what Orange Trail is. So essentially, um, similar to Rohan, I first, you know, I had like an internship, normal nine to five kind of role after one week, of doing it, I just decided what this is not life. This is not for me. Uh, I feel like it, I, I walked into the office and before that I was like, oh, maybe I'll have like some normal career. But then after one week, I was like, no, I'm not going to live my life like this. Like people in the office were like zombies, like robots, like the, 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 the life force had been drained out of them. And I was like, no, I'm not going to live my life that way. So that really solidified that, you know, I'm going to have my own business no matter what. Um, and then my first, I would say my first online sale, my first online business that actually got a sale was actually an online divorce business. Um, it was a few years ago. So people probably don't notice, but in the UK, uh, you can actually get a divorce if it's uncontested. So both parties are in agreement. You can actually just sign some forms and you file them to the, you know, the government and you get a divorce. You don't actually need a lawyer for an uncontested divorce. And I saw like a little niche there. So basically the business would be, you know, we would actually get the information from you, fill out the forms for you because it's kind of complicated a bit and they will send them to the government for you. So that's essentially what it was. I started running some ads um, and then I had like some this paralegal that I found on a freelancing website that would fill out the forms. So I would like sell it for like 90 pounds, I would pay this person 40 pounds and there's my, my profit is 50 pounds. 
Uh, and then, yeah, I, I started running some, some Google ads. I didn't know what to expect. I never really made an online sale before. It wasn't in my reality to make money online. Uh, and then after a few hours, I, I, I got a notification. You know, this person has made a Stripe payment. And it was amazing feeling. I've never had such, it was just, it was, you know, you know, dopamine, endorphins, all that was just this insane feeling. So that was probably my first ever sale. Uh, and then, yeah, that was probably my first foray into that. After that, you know, had a few more sales, but nothing much. After I started a more traditional paid ads agency, that would, it took off a bit more. I started working with seven, eight figure e-commerce brands, started making a bit more money for my age and traveling around the world. That's where I met Rohan and Bali. Uh, that's, you know, our stories, inter, you know, interweave. interweave. Um, and then we did try a few more, a few things, but Orange Trail, what we started around a year ago is what really took off. Uh, and it's a really, they're solving a really, really solid pain point in the market. We have hundreds of clients right now and growing by, you know, quite fast, our team and our client base. Uh, and then just to quickly summarize what Orange Trail does is we provide agency ad accounts for Facebook, Google, TikTok, Twitter, Snapchat, all the biggest uh, platforms. And the benefits of somebody using our accounts instead of creating their own account is essentially our accounts have the, the highest tier of support that you can get. Unlimited spending limits, uh, you know, harder to get blocked, easier to get back if they do get blocked, uh, faster turnaround times of, you know, for example, for ads and essentially any kind of issues. With our accounts, you have the highest level of support. And that's why people use our accounts rather than use their own. So how does that work in terms of uh, once it's, they take on the account, is it their account or they're kind of renting it from you? What's, how does it work? Uh, so essentially what happens is the client specifies a business manager where they would like the account shared. And then we share the ad account into the client's VM. So essentially we share it into the VM. So uh, it's kind of like a rented. However, they own all of the, pix uh, the data on the pixel. So in case they want to stop using the account, you know, they still own the data on the pixel. They can use it for, with other accounts. Okay, okay, cool. Interesting concept. And it'd be good to maybe get into a bit more of that if we, um, if we have time. Uh, I know a lot of people listening will be you know, wondering what is the latest goings on with Facebook. You talked about their, um, you know, the risk of getting banned, um, which is definitely something that would be good to talk about because I think a lot of people do worry about that. You know, you scale up your business with Facebook ad spend, which is a great way to scale, but you are then quite dependent on that Facebook account. So that solution you're bringing is to try and mitigate those risks, right? Yeah, I mean, uh, <clears throat> what we're doing is providing stability in advertising. I mean, take it from someone who has spent seven figures, multiple seven figures on ads myself, you know, whether that be from my past in dropshipping in 2017, 2018, to the brands that I scaled up in 1920. Uh, and then, um, you know, last year from just watching the market, you, what you see is you may have the most compliant offer you might have a totally white hat business, you know, for example, selling, I don't know, baby products, you know, what is non-compliant about that? Well, in Facebook's eyes, obviously you might have all the checks, you might be hitting the policy, but you can have these random false positive bands, which are very disruptive mm -hmm. to any business. If your ad account goes down, you have an internal score. This is not common knowledge. That's not something most people know. It's inside info that we know. Every ad account, every BM has an internal health score, okay? Uh, this health score can be affected by several factors, such as if your payment bounces or fails, then there's a payment issue. Uh, that's a strike. Uh, if your ad account gets disabled, that's a strike. Um, if your if your you know approved to disapproved ratio in the ads is poor, that's another strike. And you have this internal score which is kind of tracking, mm -hmm. and eventually it can just lead to bans happening constantly. And every time your ad account gets banned, well, and then it gets reset, and you start launching ads again there's an issue there. The issue is that 
the optimization resets. So you might see for the first few days of the reset, um, you know, higher CPMs, higher CPAs, and this is, it's not stable. So where we come in with our solution is providing stability, most of all. You get ad accounts that are pre-vetted, they're kind of green status, um, because these are official authorized sales partner accounts. They're not just some farmed accounts that you get from Bangladesh. Um, and then the second thing is, if you have a new ad account that you start you know, from beginning, you have these little incremental billing thresholds that you have to hit 15, 20, 50, 100 a day, and they can take weeks. That's no way to scale. So our accounts are unlimited spend from day one. Um, and yeah, as Iri mentioned, you are essentially renting the ad account, but you know, the peace of mind you have for scaling your business, um, you know, it, it's paramount. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I, um, we were running quite a lot of Facebook ads in 2019 around the time of the US elections, and we had those false positive account shutdowns. It was a nightmare. And um, I remember speaking to someone then, and one of the sort of tips they gave was to, if you get an ad approved, is, is basically duplicate an ad set, you know, 20, 30 times, but just change one thing, like, because you've got the copy approved, the image approved, and but just change the targeting. So to ramp up the amount of approvals you've got in the account, because that was one of the big things. Um, is, you know, is stuff like that still happening? Is it still, um, you know, is it still a, a kind of touch and go kind of platform to market on? Yeah, so yes, to answer your question, it is still happening. Um, from what we noticed, it first started being more stringent. It started happening more after the 26 elections with, uh, you know, after Trump won. Um, it, even after that, for the next one, two years, it was more strict than before, but it was still not, you know, terrible. But especially in the last one, two, two and a half years, it got more and more pretty much stringent and just these random bans happening all the time. So yes, pretty much um, it is happening still a lot. And if you're, let's say, a new in the space in marketing, you want to advertise your brand and you don't have uh, either the solid, you know, resources, tools, networks, connections, a lot of times you end up getting burned by something like this. You can even find something profitable, start, you know, scaling your brand and then you get this random ban. You don't know what to do. So the people who are truly, you know, at the top and they're making, you know, the most money in the space, they, you know, they know this stuff inside and out. They understand how to get around it, how to diversify their risk uh, and essentially how to structure their business and their assets in the best way possible. Yeah. So aside from grabbing um, one of your accounts, obviously that's uh, an option, but what are the principles? You said they're doing the things that avoid getting these bans. Uh, how can someone keep their Facebook ad account healthy? Mm, yeah, great question. Um, so there's, um, there's multiple stages here. Obviously the ad account and the business manager itself, let's start with that. So the ecosystem of you having a business manager and ad accounts in there, they should not be um, tied to any other poor health assets. What I mean by that is anything that's already disabled or banned. An example of that is you have a business manager and there's a few ad accounts disabled in there. Well, then the overall BM, the business manager health is poor. Similarly, if you have admins in that business manager that are associated with maybe other businesses, like maybe you have a media buyer who has other clients and another one of his clients is a dropshipping client who has, you know, notoriously famous vans or whatever. Well, that admin in your BM will therefore impact you too. So aside from that structure, um, and I'll get Ari to kind of describe in detail what the, um, the best way to do that uh, setup is. Um, then you also have the ads themselves, the ad accounts launching ads. What we generally recommend is if it's a brand new ad account, you launch one ad, put it into review, wait for it to be approved, and then duplicate from that approved ad. What a common mistake we see people make is they launch like 
20 ads because they're like, let me just do it now. I'll go to sleep. I'll wake up with a bunch of sales. They'll launch 20 ads and okay, maybe it'll be a few variations of creatives, but you don't know if Facebook is going to approve those creatives yet. And yet you've launched a bunch. And if they get disapproved, that is a lot of strikes. Remember I told you about strikes earlier. That's a lot of disapprovals and overall your account will go down. Um, that's another reason um, payment methods, like you know, another reason clients come to us is because these agency accounts, there's no card option. You have to kind of pre, it's a prepay model. You have to top it up with funds and that can be through bank transfer or if you really insist it can be through card, but, but through Stripe. Um, that eliminates the payment, uh, miss, you know, payment, suspicious payment issues, missed payment issues, because that's another reason why ad accounts can go down. So there's quite a few factors which leads to, um, you know, these bans. Um, but I'll, I'll actually just get Eri to explain the perfect optimized decentralized setup uh, as well. Yeah. So, so essentially, no matter whether you use agency accounts or not, uh, what we would suggest is to have your setup of your assets as decentralized as possible. So your assets for your brand, you know, in terms of, let's say, Facebook ads, for example, would be, you know, your fan page that you're using to run the ads. Uh, the ad accounts, the pixel, your catalogs, those are your different assets, right? And then they're all housed in a business manager or multiple business managers. So one thing as a number one cardinal rule is you should never house the the assets, the, for example, the ad accounts, the pixel and the fan pages, those should never be owned by the actual business manager that is running the ads. You know, they should be owned by separate business managers. The business manager which you're using to actually run the ads that should not be owning any assets, okay? Uh, the main reason for that is usually, let's say something happens, and like we said, like we talked about, things happen all the time, even if you're completely white hat. Let's say something happens, uh, most of the time, the if a business manager goes down, it's the business manager that is running the ads. And the issue is if your business manager, let's say, owns your pixel, so all your data for your business, let's say you spent like $500,000, there's all this data, it's on the pixel, let's say the business manager that owns it goes down, now you just lost that data, you can't use it, okay? So what you should do is, like I said, you should have a minimum of two business managers, ideally three or more, and then you use one business manager purely for creating uh, the pixel, uh, fan pages, ad accounts, those should be created by, let's say, two to three business managers, and you share them into a third business manager through which, let's say, you add yourself or like a media buyer to actually run the ads, and you just run the ads from there. That way, even if that business manager goes down, what you do is you unlink the business managers from one another, so you remove the link, so they're as unlinked as possible, and then you would you know, get another business manager, uh, share the assets again into that business manager, share the pixel across, share the ad account across, and you continue advertising from there. So this is a very you know, important to have this sort of structure to pretty much decentralize and reduce your risk as much as possible. How easy is it to get another business manager? Is it just very simple setup, or I mean, it's uh, it can you depends how you want to do it. But the simplest, absolute simplest way is you get a family member to create one. I probably got in like three business managers from my aunt and my grandma. So the absolute simplest way is you can actually get a business manager from a family member. That's the most more like you know you know more like the most white hat legit way, um, and you can actually transfer business managers between people. So actually, if somebody creates a business manager, they can add you as an admin and then remove themselves as an admin. So you can actually transfer business managers. So that's one thing you can do. Uh, there, of course, you know we're not gonna name any names, but there are certain services that offer business managers. Uh, but uh, we would recommend you just start with close friends and family, you know? Um, and actually one little, you know, little Easter egg, let's say one little tip that we would, you know, suggest that you guys have in mind is if, you own a business manager and it goes down, 
that's actually like Rohan mentioned, that can be actually be bad for your profile and your other assets. It can put all of your other assets at risk. Uh, what a lot of people don't know and what you can do is you can actually transfer a business manager to someone. Uh, at least up until recently, what you could do is uh, even on a disabled business manager, what you could do is you could add someone else. Let's say your grandma who never is never going to run ads in her life. You know, it's not going to affect her. Uh, for example, you can make her an admin to that business manager and then remove yourself as an admin, remove yourself, and then you're not associated to disabled business manager. So that's something else that you also can do to make sure you have as little risk as possible. Okay. Yeah, completely agree. There's always you know other black hat methods. We don't endorse them because you buy a BM from someone, there's always a risk. Yeah. There's a risk that they could pull it back. There's a risk they can take over your ad account. We don't recommend it, but look, you know, sometimes there's no other options yeah. and you just have to do it. Just have to be super careful with warming it up. So for um, the so someone that's just coming in fresh to Facebook ads, like firstly, is there a point where you need to do this or would you recommending do this from day one when you're starting out ads or um, in terms of multiple business mm. managers? Yeah. So the honest answer is no because not everyone needs to do this. Even though if I said yes, they could come to us. But no, the honest answer is you don't need to be doing this and having agency accounts unless you're spending at least five to 10K per month on ads. The reason being is because you're not gonna have much issues if you're not spending that much. Chances are you won't have that many ad sets, you won't have that many campaigns if you're just a beginner. What we always recommend is try it out with your personal profile, you know, um, until it gets banned and maybe use a friend or a family member. The ones that are coming to us in the industry for agency accounts are usually the higher spenders, you know, above 10, 10K minimum, but then usually we have some are going above a million per month as well. Um, these big spenders, they require stability because any day that they're banned, they're running out of sales and they're not having um, any traffic on their website. And what, what I always say as well is people are, you know, lazy marketers and they're relying too much on one traffic source, which is usually mm. Facebook. If they're overly reliant on one traffic source and that traffic source goes down, what happens? Your entire business just collapses and you have no visitors, you have no sales. And if you're trying to exit uh, your brand or you're priming yourself, preparing everything for an exit, why, why would you have all your eggs in one basket? Because those days that the, you know, the ad account does get banned and there's a drop in sales, investors or potential buyers of your brand will see you know, what, why is that? And then the red flags start to appear. Okay, they're overly reliant on one traffic source. This is a yeah. So the, these principles carry over onto different platforms. So uh, yeah, <laughs> this is funnily enough, a lot of uh, platforms have issues. You know, even TikTok, the most recent one, has issues. Everyone has issues. You just kind of have to look at which traffic source is giving you the best bang for your buck in terms of your, you know, your ads to conversions ratio. Um, and then also what you need to consider is how much are you going to scale any one traffic source? So Google has issues, TikTok has issues, Snapchat, I've even seen Pinterest have issues. Um, but there's no doubt that Facebook is the leading one. Depends across businesses, depends across offers, but Facebook is the leading platform, in my opinion, for conversions on uh, e-commerce. And TikTok is, I think it's slowly uh, you know, reaching a, a, the same level and maybe even overtaking it. The issues persist, but Facebook by far is the most glitchy, in my opinion. And with Facebook, there's been obviously a lot of changes with uh, iOS and uh, um, you know data sharing, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Pixel's been impacted massively by that. You're talking about people spending a million dollars a month. There's obviously still people doing really well with Facebook ads. Yeah, uh, just to jump in there, 
Yeah, it is very true that a lot of people did get wiped out by the iOS changes. That is very true. However, what I will add to that is a lot of people with either A, unoptimized offers or not ideal offers or in very saturated markets and they didn't have the right uh, either offer structure or business structure to help them compete more effectively. Those are the people that got wiped out. Uh, generally, what we've seen is people with good offers and good businesses, they still kept winning. You know, So even though the attribution is worse, at the end of the day, it does come back to the business fundamentals, which is, do you have a good offer selling to a hungry crowd? You know, that's If you have those right, no matter, no matter what you're doing, like Facebook has or TikTok has or Google or you know, billboards and newspapers, you're going to make money. And so, so the, biz, the businesses with the, the good fundamentals, good offers, good funnels, they kept winning. Yeah. How have you seen uh, what success looks like change then over that period of time? Because you know, obviously there was a time where you could just run uh, Facebook traffic to a dropshipping product page and pretty poorly optimized and, and run it profitable on the front end. I, I don't do a lot of Facebook ads myself now, so I imagine that's not the case anymore. What, what does success look like now in current times? Yeah, let me jump in there. Because yeah, um, I've, I've experienced this first time, you know, as a dropshipper back in 2016, late 2016, late 2017. Um, and then seeing what it has become now, I've definitely seen the progression. And you're right, Ben, you know, back in 2017, 2018, you could launch the most unoptimized ads to an unoptimized landing page and you'd still get a lot of sales. I think there is definitely more competition now. And I think the ones that stand out and do well are the ones that make the websites look more branded, um, more premium, and they have a more optimized, you know, conversion rate process as well in terms of, you know, having the checkout button bigger or, um, you know, the, the copy and, you know, the ads, very, very convincing copy, the type of creatives. Um, but at the, st- at the core, dropshipping business model exists and it will continue to exist and people will still continue to do very well. Um, I just feel like consumers are becoming a little bit more savvy mm-hmm. now. Um, they're becoming more aware of Wish, AliExpress, um, you know, all these uh, bargain d- discount websites. And I think they are becoming a little bit more aware of, okay, this does not look like a brand. So how you stand out is to have a branded website or, you know, branded packaging. Uh, if you have a social account, it needs to have, you know, a decent amount of followings um, and, and, you know, look, make it look like a brand. Mm. Essentially, that's what I'm trying to say. And content that you repurpose from your YouTube video, it's no longer going to do well. It, you know, the type of content that's doing well now is UGC, you know, custom um, with your brand packaging. Like, you, you know, it doesn't have to be like, you don't have to have inventory in a, in a, in a warehouse in the US, but as long as you just make the effort of trying to get custom packaging and branding, I think generally you'll do well. Yeah. I think it's yeah. Just yeah, just to add on to that. Uh, sorry, just to add on to that. Essentially, it's about the the learning curve is steeper and the bar is higher to be able to compete. People are still going to be buying things online, you know, in the past, now, and in the future. It just the bar is a bit higher now, and if you don't meet that bar, you're you're just not going to be profitable. You're going to get you know, you know, you know, destroyed out of the market, and then before with much less skill you could make profit that's the main difference yeah i think that's true right across all different types of e-commerce you know drop shipping shopify amazon you know wherever you're selling uh there, there's competition now and so you can't just put up an offer you have to optimize that offer and optimize the metrics behind it so yeah i think that's the same anywhere and so it's encouraging to hear though obviously that facebook ads are still working like of course they are to an extent because you still see the ads running right and if people are running ads over a long period of time they must be 
producing some business goals for them. But it's just, yeah, it's, it's interesting because I think a lot of people would think, well, I'm going to turn on Facebook ads and I'm going to make money on those uh, every sale that I make. But, you know, uh, I think yeah. you do have to be a bit more long-term in your mindset, don't you? And at the end of the day, it's the, you know, marketer that's willing to spend the most to acquire a customer that wins. And what you'll notice now is anyone that's starting off for the first time, maybe has a budget of a couple hundred, they'll get bullied out of it. They'll get pushed out of the market just because and a competitor is willing to spend more at break even or even just under, um, you know, a, a loss. And the reason being is because they'll make it back on the back end. Yeah. So again, that branded element, you know, back in emails, SMSs, mm -hmm. you know, retargeting middle bottom of the funnel they'll make it yeah. back but a beginner a newbie it's harder it's still possible but it's yeah, harder definitely you talked about obviously people spending a lot of money uh on the platform and obviously very keen to hear if you do have stories of, of clients you've worked with and you know sort of case studies and how they've grown but specifically with your interactions with people that are spending lots of money what are the people that are in the top one percent of advertisers marketers what are those elite performers doing right now that maybe other people aren't yeah uh, i'll give my two cents on this so for me it all comes down you know back down to the offer um you know anyone can go and do a facebook ads course and learn how to run some ads and launch some ads you know that's that's not like the barrier to entry there is not that high you know anyone can do that and learn to run some ads in a few weeks uh, however where the real money is made like the top top people they have this very uh, innate and solid skill set of just marketing skill, marketing knowledge, and that is able to look at the market, look at the competitors, uh, and from there, you know, combine that with their insights and just decide, okay, I'm going to make, you know, this and this and this exists in the market. But however, if I was to make an offer that does this and this and this, nobody else does this. And my offer is much more unique. So that innate marketing skill, which just comes with experience and iteration, that's not going anywhere, you know, and the same kind of skill which, let's say, 50 years ago, back in Mad Men days, would help you to sell a product, that same level of skill, that same, is in the same realm. That is still what is needed, and that is still, for me, what is a clear differentiator between a top 1% marketer that actually scales and makes, you know, a lot of money versus somebody that doesn't. Of course, there's other, other things such as, you know, exp understanding the, 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 the algorithm, understanding how to, you know, make uh, your assets as safe as possible. That, those are also factors. But it come, for me, the main thing is comes down to the marketing skill and understanding how to make a good offer in the market. Yeah, that's really good. In terms of your, the clients you've worked with, are there any stories that you can sort of share with us that would encourage the audience about you know, growing and uh, kind of some, um, maybe some obviously achievable stuff, like not just pie in the sky dreams, but what, what's still possible in the world of e-commerce? Yeah. Um... Well, we can't disclose, disclose too much because obviously we sign NDAs with all our clients and we can't reveal someone's product or what they do. But uh, we, we do have a $30 million brand that's working wow. with us. And um, they were in a, it's a restricted vertical. Um, it's totally white hat, but it's just, it's one of those new verticals, which is still like, you know, there's uh, policies still being worked on. Um, the biggest thing I've seen from their side, what which led to their success, first of all, obviously getting approved for mm -hmm. ads. We uh, at Orange Trail, we actually have uh, ex-Facebook employees working with us. And uh, one of them is a compliance manager who helps us to get, you know, ads uh, approved within the policy to make sure that Meta is happy, but also, you know, the client can have some room for marketing in the way they like. Um, they had multiple consultations with our compliance manager. 
eventually we got them approved with you know the copy and everything else the landing page and they were just trying to like try different angles and eventually we got them approved so the, the ads are now you know they're scaling up um, but aside from that they're also testing a lot of creatives this is what i see leading to a lot of success with uh, with you know people in this industry in e-commerce it's all about testing 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 especially creatives as Ari mentioned you need to have a validated offer the offer needs to be solid it needs to be well timed in the market and if you have that then the next step is okay which stage in the funnel am I looking at optimizing next? It's the, obviously the marketing, the creatives. If you have a good, solid creative, a video that explains the product well, or you know, high quality images that just you know, it's self-explanatory, it's all about testing the creatives. And then the last step is obviously the website, the funnel. You know, is it super optimized? Do you have a custom landing page? Um, you know, how is your checkout process? So these are like you, you need to audit multiple stages of your funnel and a funnel is just not just your website a funnel can also be you know what which stage if it's the ads um you know so it's multiple stages and i think creatives is what win these days something that works on tiktok may not work on facebook um and vice versa so you really have to just invest in creatives and move fast um, what we also noticed is speed, especially with the bigger players. They really like to move fast with testing and creatives because it's a numbers game at the end of the day. You'll find one that slaps, you know, but you know, it's, it's about, you know, um, economies of scale. You have to have multiple at the same time to be, to be, and you can't be waiting, you know, a month. Oh, l let me get this creative agency. They're going to send it in three weeks. No, that doesn't work. So, um, and also one more thing. So <laughs> the professional looking videos actually don't do as well as the UGC homemade style videos that it's mind blowing, but that's just the way it is. And I feel like it's because it blends in with the platforms more. You're on TikTok, you're scrolling your, your newsfeed and an ad is interrupting you. It's interrupting your time that you're looking at your friends, your family, or your favorite, you know, influencers, this ad is interrupting you. So it better damn well be worth it. And the first thing is it blends in. So it looks like it's just another post. But second of all, you know, within the three, opening three to five seconds, there needs to be a hook. It needs to capture the attention and have enough value for them to watch the rest of the video. So these are kind of little things that I've noticed, in my opinion. Um, Ari, have you noticed any other, you know, differentiators from the big players, the A players from the B? Um, yeah, I think I would just pretty much agree with that, add on to that. It's just the big players, on top of what we already said, you know, they have this innate marketing skill, which just comes through years and of experience and iterations. They move fast. Um, you know, they, they, come, they have an idea, they execute. Okay, does it work? Does it not? If not, they go on to the next idea. They, idea, they move fast. Um, that's probably the, the best thing. And of course, they, they just think big. You know, one thing I've noticed, even for my, uh, through my experience having a paid ads agency before, is some media buyers, for example, they think big. Some media buyers are spending you know $500 per day and they're thinking wow this is nothing this is I want to scale up to 5000 per day some media buyers are spending 500 per day and even if they're profitable they're thinking oh I'm spending so much I need to be careful let me just reduce it. you know so there's certain different uh, you know things needed and one of them is also just the ability to think bigger you know because part of making a lot of money is mindset you know how you view money affects what you do in business absolutely yeah great great uh 
great advice that it is so much about mindset for sure um Rohan you mentioned there about policy um I just wonder if there's some pointers you can give on uh what are the most common things that cause ads to get rejected I know it's a bit of a specific but um just for someone just starting out they might not realize how um you know sensitive the Facebook algorithm is and so whether it's the copy the images are there you know a certain number of things that are the most common reasons why ads get rejected and obviously affect account health yeah uh, excellent question ben we have noticed uh, a certain few that are recurring and they're the ones that our reps give the biggest feedback on um i'll start off and i'll just list as, as many as i can because some of them it's case by case so i can't just give you a course, generic yeah. answer here because it depends on the product and the offer um uh, exaggerated uh, claims is one of the biggest one if you have an overly exaggerated claim in your copy in your headline in even your website description um, because as you know facebook and a lot of these platforms have spider crawl mm -hmm. tools which scan your landing page when you launch an ad and it just detects is there anything non-compliant so exaggerated claims what could that be well you know this pill will make you three inches taller well it's not really true is it and that exaggerated claim will definitely you know be non-compliant that's why health is always such a, um, a risky vertical uh, especially in e-commerce to run ads too you really have to be you know smart with how you write the copy don't make exaggerated claims but find ways to word it in a way that um kind of bypasses that um, obviously don't you know sell snake oil but have uh, claims that are realistic and achievable whilst also within pushing the boundaries of marketing because that's what copywriters and marketers do you have to always push the boundaries um, until it'll be accepted second one is discounts this is a surprising one that we didn't really pay much attention to until we saw recurring feedback from reps so now we have an internal uh, policy document that we share with our clients Discounts that are too large, um, in Meta's eyes, it can actually be seen as um, or exaggerated or even a fraud or a scam. Mm -hmm. So if you have fifty to seventy percent discounts, yeah, like it, you know, and they're year round. Like yeah. there's no, it's it's in it's in the middle of uh, you know, April or something, and you have a seventy percent discount. Like what's going on there? Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, so Meta doesn't like that. Uh, discounts they recommend it should be thirty percent or less. Okay, um, that's another one um yeah use of other platforms or like meta or logos that are of the platform this is a big risk if you have some kind of uh facebook logo on the landing page or even in the ad stay away from that that's that's a it's a big no-no um don't take someone else's content this is i can't believe i have to say it but we see it so yeah. often do not take someone else's content or if you're going to do it, be smart about it. Cause sometimes like they leave the logo in and everything. It's just, it's ridiculous. Um, that's what I think, uh, so far. Ari, is there any, uh, you have, cause that's what I can think of at the top of my head. Uh, those are some of the main ones, uh, related to the health ones before and after pictures and a big no, no, mm -hmm. uh, you have to be very careful with before and after pictures. Just Facebook absolutely just hates that. So we've seen a lot of ad accounts go down because of before and after pictures and, you could be selling cosmetics or some diet or even there was uh, there was some ads for this guy refurbishing kitchen. So doing over your kitchen is there a before and after of the kitchen and I still got, you know, disabled. So you got to be very careful with that specific concept. Okay. Yeah, very, very good point, Ari. And 
if you don't want to do it side by side, what you could do is have one image at the top of your description and then have some text in between and have another one below. But yes, very true. Um, side by side, it's a big no-no. Even in your ads, it's a big no-no. So don't, don't do that. Another one is the policy and privacy pages. We've noticed a lot of clients don't have them done well. You really need to have your terms of service, your privacy policy, your refund policy, shipping policy, every page uh, in the in the mm -hmm. footer, have them done well. This is something that most people, they just get a copy paste from um, from the internet. Don't even like incorporate like your details well. Make sure you have it first of all, but second of all, try and optimize it as much as possible. It's free. All the information is on Google. You can find it. Um, yeah, Eric? And just to add on one thing, it's kind of like callback to the previous topic, but related to this, one thing about the top 1% of advertisers is they generally do have a quite good understanding of the policy and they know how to, I'm not going to say break, but they know how to kind of skirt around the policy where their ads are still compliant, but portraying certain things which, if done another way, would be not compliant. So if you know what I mean. So there's, for example, there could be two advertisers, both advertising some sort of diet. You know, the, the noob would put up before and after, hey, this is how you're going to look. And then the professional, the one, top 1% 1 marketer would still get across the same idea. They'll still make it clear in the ad, hey, you eat this and you're going to lose some weight. But they're going to do it in such a way where it's not um, non-compliant for the algorithm. So that's also one big difference. Yeah, no, that's good. Yeah, There's been so many changes. I wonder if you could even predict it. But what, what do you feel is the future for meta facebook advertising uh, what what is it what does it hold for us yeah i mean i think it's going to stay strong for the, the foreseeable future i think it's 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 on the bit of a downhill but it is going to stay strong mainly because instagram is still going strong so i i think for the foreseeable future it is going to be still one of the major platforms uh we know and we see everyone sees that tiktok is taking more and more market share uh, of course, Google is still going to be there. Overall, I think it will stay strong, um, but it's going to be on a slight decline. And as an advertiser, I think if you want to, of course, be profitable, scale your brand, of course, don't overlook Meta. Make sure that you can make your brand profitable on Meta. However, with that in mind, as we talked about before, get profitable on Meta, but try as much as possible to diversify and get profitable on the other channels as much as possible. And also then obviously own your own list, own your own audience, get as many people on your emails and so forth. Um, yeah, just diversify as best as possible. Yeah, great tips. Good stuff. Any uh, sort of parting advice then before we close up? Key actions, key takeaways for anybody? Is there anything I haven't asked that I should have asked? Anything like that at all? Um, yeah, I mean... <clears throat> The biggest piece of advice I could give is get familiar with what the policies are and it's not hard there you can actually Google Facebook policy Google policy just take five ten minutes out of your day and learn them especially if you're spending thousands on ads it makes sense to just skim through it and see ah, okay you might learn something you might learn something new and even if you're following policy or you think you are to the best of your ability and you're still getting disabled and banned then of course you know orange trail we, we can always help you out um you know i think the the biggest reason people come to us is because they've exhausted all options they've tried uh, you know running ads as clean as possible and they just can't so they come to us and we can set you up with an ad account within a few hours to 24 hours um, we have a dedicated account manager team from around the world. So you will have 24 five support, uh, in Slack. So each time zone, you know, us, Europe, Asia, 
Um, like I mentioned, we have this compliance manager, which in my opinion, is a secret weapon. You know, you can have tailored feedback on your offer, your website, where you cannot get this anywhere mm -hmm. else. Try talking to Meta. You'll be waiting weeks for just the support to get back to you. Um, so, you know, we, we provide all of this in a nutshell. And we are an agency that is, you know, feeling your pain because we've been there before. So we know exactly what you're going through. Um, biggest piece of advice also aside from that would be, as Eri mentioned, diversify your traffic sources. You need to have multiple uh, streams of traffic. If you put all your eggs in one basket, you are at the mercy of that one platform. It's not a good look. If that platform somehow just disables your ad account, BM, your page even, your, your traffic is gone and you don't have a business anymore. Um, and of course, yeah, Orange Trail, you know, you can always find us uh, at www.orangetrail.io. Uh, it's not for everyone. We do have a screening process, so have a call with us and see if you're eligible. Um, Eri, you have any parting advice you would like to share as well? Um, I mean, yeah, you cover a lot of it just to, so I, all those stuff, yes. Uh, I would say just some parting advice for people watching this, if you're in the e-com space, if you're in the business space is, um, just a lot, I feel like a lot of people, you know, there's three layers of thinking, there's tactics, strategy, and principles. I think a lot of people are stuck in those tactics, which is like, what is this next hack that I'm going to use? You know, the 2% lookalike audience of this, blah, blah, to get that next ROAS. A lot of people are stuck in that tactical level thinking, those small little things, whereas a lot of the huge growth and huge things happen at the highest level, the principle level thinking, which is what principles can I use to make my offer, my business as unique as possible in this market and make it a very, very uh, strong competitor in this market. So that's where the, the huge gains happen. Uh, and I just think a lot of people are stuck in the smaller level tactical mm. thinking. Yeah. I would say that's, uh, just keep that in mind. Yeah, Sage advice. That's, that's actually, um, uh, actually, I just wanted to say one final thing. Uh, Ari, that, that's probably one of the best pieces of advice you could give to mm. someone. And um, what I'll build on on that is, Elon Musk always says you get paid in proportion to the level of problems you yeah. solve. The bigger the problem, the more you get paid. So when you really consider, if you you know go past that tactical phase and just think at the top, at the principal level, um, really consider what are you selling, what are you offering? Is it necessary? Is it you know is it a problem solving product? Is it well timed? Um, is it you know something that people will buy because they need it, or is it an, you know something that it's a desirable? And when you really consider and start asking these questions, you'll really filter out your products, your services, and think, okay, this is not really essential. Um, we are scaling up this fast simply because it's a well-timed offer. It's very exclusive, and it's a huge problem-solving uh, you know, service. So really consider that for whatever business you, you solve in the future yeah, as well. Absolutely. That's some great advice there for all of our listeners. Um, guys, thanks so much. I really appreciate this conversation. Um, it's orangetrail.io. That was the website, wasn't it? Yeah, Correct. Yes. And we'll leave the link in the uh, the description and the show notes, etc., as well below, so people can check it out. Uh, guys, thanks so much for coming on. Really, really appreciate your time. Thanks for having me. Good stuff. Thank you. All right, well, folks, thanks for listening to this episode of the Brand Builder Show. You heard it there. If you want to get in touch with the guys at Orange Trail, find out if they can help you get a secure set of ad accounts and help you on your Facebook advertising journey. Make sure you do that, and uh, and we'll see you in the next episode real soon.